Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, you've joined the Devil's Advocate and Ken Barton and Nick Stack, where we will do good by doing well. Thank you very much for coming. Today's topic is going to be a follow-up on universal basic income, which we're going to, I'm going to title Universal Basic Income again. With always is my, my proud partner, Ken. Say hello, Ken. Hey, Ken. And this is, uh, we got done discussing toxic masculinity, toxic femininity, and I wanted to go back and talk about UBI. This is something that we're both interested in. Definitely. And I'm learning all kinds of new things by, by doing this, and one of the things I'm learning is new podcast terminology. So we're, we're trying to be a bit, a bit more evergreen. Evergreen. Evergreen going forward. But this is something that I think is uh, evergreen because it will make everybody's pastures more green for, for all ages. <laughs> and what we talked about last time were the logistics of UBI, how they might work. And today I'd like to talk about how we might pay for them. But just as a review, because Ken's really the one that brought this to my attention. I'd heard about it through, through various people. Give us just a 30 seconds or less Reader's Digest version of UBI, what it is, how it might work. Okay, UBI is uh, basically the idea is the government would give everybody or some portion of everybody a monthly check. It, pretty easy, right? Hmm. And just for the, because I didn't know, it's universal basic income. That's what the acronym, just in case there's somebody at, at ground zero, which I was, yeah. Un- universal basic income. Yeah. So basically, uh, yeah, depending, I think every person who likes the idea of UBI maybe has different ideas about how to carry that out, how to pay for it, um, and how much money to give everybody. Uh, But yeah, I, I think there were some people specifically that you wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about Andrew Yang as in the Yang gang. But before we do that, I want to just one notion. I wanted to dispel some myths as well. One myth or one thing I thought incorrectly was that this is a new idea. It's not. It goes back almost as far as time immemorial. And one of the more recent references was made actually during uh, the Roosevelt administration during the, uh, the Great Depression and World War II. He had the idea for some type of a universal basic income even back then. And it really, you know, goes to show that good ideas never change. And I think what's made it come to the forefront now is the rate at which we are losing jobs. Um, McDonald's now has AI at drive through windows, and it went from the manufacturing sector. This is something Andrew goes into great lengths about. And um, the next, his quote was that what happened to the manufacturing industry over the last 30 years is going to now happen to call centers and customer service jobs over the next 15 to 20 so we're going to have to retool how we're going to pay for it. Definitely. And, and I think uh, based on some uh, thoughts uh, that another author, Yuval Noah Harari, has put out, uh, this transition is not going to be a one-time retooling. Mm. Yeah, mm. He believes that we would have to retool maybe every five or ten years, which is a little demanding, I think. Don't you think? I mean, uh, if you have to like go back to school and... Uh, go get a, another certification or something like that every every few years. It I seems. guess it could be, but at the same time, I Ken has a master's degree. You have to go back and take classes periodically. I, I do as well. Most educational types end up doing that, and I know mechanics do, uh, for example. So if you think of a, a computer scientist as a computer mechanic, it does seem daunting, but if we can manage it well, to me, it's just all how we manage things. Mm-hmm. You know, we know these disasters are coming. The worst thing we can do is put our head in the sand and, like, pretend the sky's not falling, because it is. You know, but and how are we going to manage it and, and when and where and how we're going to pay for it. But, but I, definitely I, yeah. think about if but you But is were that too like demanding? A, I don't think there's much of a choice. 
Uh, th- that's true. There may not be a choice, but yeah, think about if you spent uh, a whole, you know, hundred thousand dollars or or two hundred thousand dollars on getting your law degree, and then in ten years, like uh, computers are doing contracts for you. Um, maybe <laughs> might be a little. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess we'll start with Ken. Yeah. Um, just in case I had a couple missed starts to, on mm. today's podcast. So uh, whatever's in the show is in the, the show, <laughs> which works for me. But I get so excited when I do this. I forget since like, oh, my name, people's names, the names of the podcast. And, it's and okay. this is Nick Stack at sustainablehealthwealth.squarespace.com mm. and tristack.github.io. The notes will be wow. in the show or the, the show notes. Show notes will, will be there for you. Exactly. So let's get into Andrew Yang's. Do you want hmm. to talk about the experiment first? Uh, actually, I'll, why don't you talk about oh, the okay. experiment? Well, yeah. What I'd read was Andrew Yang and one of his tech buddies gave two families, one was from Texas and I believe one was from the West Coast, uh, one year's worth of UBI, which was, I believe, $1,000 per adult over the age of 18 per month. Another thing about UBI I want to dispel is this does not... What started looking for? It is literally, literally the universal amount. So if people think, can I get a job? Absolutely. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I love this way more than welfare. Is welfare? There's a lot of rules and regulations. The minute you earn more than X amount of dollars, you lose that welfare. Here, there's no incentive for you to be quote unquote lazy, to quote unquote be a taker, even though I don't like those words or agree with those words. There's just every incentive for you to go out and make yourself a better person. In the meantime, you won't starve to death. What a novel idea. Yeah. And and the quote from one of the families was, um, it, the example that they gave in their interview was, we had, I think, whatever, one or two flat tires. In the past, that would have been panicky. Like, you know, college broke, what am I going to do? Right. And it went from a, uh, something that would cause a lot of stress to a minor annoyance. Oh, I lost my afternoon getting tires fixed. Which one would you rather do? I know what I'd rather do. And I think it's just a great idea, and I think that it's... Um, at this stage, I just don't know that we have any other choice. Hmm. And so I, I think why not do something positive out of the deal? And those are his two uh, families that he documented. There was a, I should say, not a rumor, something I'd read about, but I can't substantiate yet. Hmm. Him and another very, very rich IT buddy trying it on a larger scale. But, you know, the amount of money that we're talking about really isn't that much compared to a lot of other ideas which don't work. That's true. You know, so what did you heard about uh, the Yang gang? Unfortunately, most of the, what I've heard recently has not been too good. People are kind of uh, complaining that this is a, kind of a gimmick or a MacGuffin in order to... <laughs> is that an Irish word? <laughs> I think a yeah. large MacGuffin with pride. <laughs> Uh, that's a that's a big word, but uh, it's, it's some kind of uh, yeah gimmick to get people to pay attention to him, and uh, you know a lot of people are scoffing. They they think oh twelve thousand dollars a year, what's that going to get you? But um, I think actually twelve thousand dollars a year is not a bad idea. I would like another twelve thousand dollars a year. You know, twelve thousand dollars a year would be really a, a good sweet spot, like for getting you helping you pay off the necessities of life so you can uh, work on yourself or, you know, just accumulate that for your retirement. Yeah, exactly. And another thing, too, is this is the mistake I was making. Well, 12000 a year is not that much, but it's every adult. So if right, you're married, exactly right. that's 24. That's almost another income. Exactly. And that would make a huge difference. And again, we are looking at this as a means to 
an end as far as we are going to have to retool. Another interesting, it might have been on one of the more conservative networks too, it says the market has spoken, coal is dead. Mm. You know, that's another great example. What are we going to do with all those unemployed now coal miners? And yeah, and you know, people complain and technology's, you know, technology's taking away our jobs. In the 1600s, one of the first worker strikes ever, pardon me if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, was a bunch of workers attacked a steam loom. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, that was one of the first organized... A machine. Yeah, a machine. Yeah. Because the steam loom was taking all their jobs. There really isn't any stopping it, and you might as well get on board. The only other thing is there's a large fear that in the past, for example, a tractor destroyed a lot of agricultural jobs, but those are kind of crappy jobs anyway. Now there's a lot of worry that the jobs that are being created are not as good. And actually, this is on John Oliver. There's not enough evidence to support that yet. So there's no reason not to be optimistic and to view this as a very viable option. Yeah, that makes it does make sense. Yeah. You know. What I'd heard, what, what have you heard about uh, Andrew Yang and the polls? Uh, not doing too well, I think. Yeah, okay. he's, uh, he's just kind of barely hanging on. What I'd read is fifth place and getting Ooh. ignored a lot. Mm-hmm. And he's actually, what I think he's done a pretty good job of is using social media and, uh, not social media, but. He has definitely been making the rounds in uh, podcast talk shows, podcasts, talk shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. which I think is a very, very good way to go about it. In fact, I'd kind of, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I'd sort of written him off myself. Then all of a sudden he was on an episode of Bill Maher. And he talked about the two families, and that really got me kind of thinking about this again. And and then it came out in the polls, he was in fifth place. This was an episode of a podcast sure. uh, that I consume called, um, it was the NPR podcast. We said, yeah, I'm in fifth place, but you would never know it. Sure. And I think that's a very valid point. And I don't think it's because he's Asian. I just think that it's... Yeah, I mean, this maybe is our small contribution. I want to make this idea loud and proud. I want mm. to get it into the mainstream, and I think it's important that we know about it and talk about it and are informed. Definitely. So, yeah. What about paying for it? Paying for it. That's, yeah. That's the. Let's that's talk the, about really that. the hundred thousand dollar question, isn't it? It or is, and I several think million a, billion dollar question. One point five trillion. One point five trillion. <laughs> <laughs> to be exact. That's that out a, of his mouth on a podcast he did on, I believe, NPR. That's a lot of money, right? I and uh, if if I remember correctly, a, a lot of the money that will go towards this comes from people who sign up for the UBI would basically sign opt out of other forms of uh, welfare, mm-hmm. social welfare programs. So that would kind of all of that saved money from the other social welfare programs and the administration of those programs would basically just all go to the government automatically sending out every citizen adult a thousand dollar check which i mean that is something that the government can do really well and very easily and uh another part of it would be from possibly the what creation of a a value added tax can you talk more about that because i didn't know much about it when i hear vat tax all i think of are some old textbooks and a British person, because <laughs> <Well>, <laughs> <laughs> I know, but the Brits do use a VAT, do they They not? do use a VAT, and uh, they're not the only ones, uh, but the basic idea of a value-added tax is uh, basically your every step of the way from a product's creation, yeah, from the, how do you say, raw materials to the end point, 
there's some value that's added at every step of the way. And basically that value added tax is collected by the end user, the consumer who buys that end product. And it's usually the form, it's just like a, a sales tax, but maybe a little bit more than what is what is currently collected. Like, you know, for example, here in Tokyo, it's 10%. In my city, it's like 8.5% sales tax in the U.S. Um, but I think we're talking about, what, 20%? I believe I heard about that number mm-hmm. too, yeah. I think that's uh, pretty interesting. But they say somehow the idea behind a VAT is that when once that is implemented, the actual cost of the product goes down because each step of the way is not paying that value added tax, only oh, the end user. I see. So like uh, that collapses the, the cost that's passed on and somehow it comes out to about the same price. There's a comedian, I can't remember his name, but he um, he's, he's also on Bill Maher, I believe, kind of this white trash guy. And he had a really funny thing about how when rich people get money, they buy oil contracts. What's an oil contract? When poor people get money, they buy eggs. <laughs> so what I really like about it is with that universal basic income, we're really putting the hands back in the consumer again. We're creating customers for our market. Exactly. I it's not, not going in Scrooge McDuck's yes, swimming pool. exactly, right. yeah. which would hurt, mm. by the way. It's true. Don't ever dive on a big pile of money, kids. No, I, I, I love me some McDuck. We're both fathers, so that's one of the highlights of my week. And... I just, that's so true. I, I just, you know, it worked in the Great De- Depression, uh, the one in the 30s. Why wouldn't it work again, especially with some planning? And this was Andrew Yang's thing. It's time for some trickle luck economics, God darn it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and I think the, the idea behind the trickle down economics failed, I think, mostly because once rich people got their hands on the money, they forgot about their obligation to <laughs> let all the boats, you know, all, let all ships, uh, uh, what, rise, rise with equal, the tide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Well, I mean, the, the thing, I could say this for another podcast, but the, not the hard part, but what we did was free markets do work. I want to be on record for that. What doesn't work is, and John, John Adams said this, we know the cost of everything but the value of nothing. When you had infinite raw materials and no such thing as global warming or rising oceans, yeah, you could expand. Basically, we put the emphasis on expanding quickly as opposed to carefully and fairly. Right. And now we have to correct that because if not, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And we don't know. Like, this is so funny. This was Bernie Sanders' quote last week was, somebody sells a dime bag of marijuana, they go to jail. Mm. What about people that pollute and cause billions of dollars and, in, 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 you know, Barry Houston or, or islands in the tropics. There's no market for that right now because we're not keeping track. So, you know, we have to, uh, getting slightly off track, but my point is we have to organize things and pay for them somehow. I like the VAT tax. Another example of that, and I get tired of, you know, I only know one person who's in the 1%, and his quote was, I'm in the lower 1%, happens to be a doctor in Omaha. And he literally paid off his college debts. He forgot they were there. He wrote out a check for 40 grand. Oh, wow. Yeah, that would be nice. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Japanese for great. Um, so my idea on how to pay for it was stop this idiotic war on drugs. Definitely. I really, I, I did some, some research on the cost of drugs, and I, went, I know that the state of Colorado, the first year pot was legal, made $4 billion in tax revenue. Right. Okay, For education, nice. right? For education, rose whatever you want. I think mm. that could also easily go to EBI. Mm-hmm. Uh, your EBI, pardon me. Here's what I could find on the internet. Cocaine, 130% markup. 
$50.6 billion DEA budget in 2014. I'm sure it's more than that now. Um, Escobar, when he died, was worth $30 billion. That's $58 billion today. And another drug dealer, I googled the richest drug dealers of all time, which makes for some interesting reading. And gentlemen, I use that term nightly. I'm named, sure he's a very nice man. Uh, yeah, he's dead too. <laughs> Amendo Fuentes, he was known as the lord of the sky because he had an air fleet that rivaled you know, a third world country. Right. Was worth $50 billion when he died. That's 10 times 50 billion. I think we're going to have to legalize drugs to pay for it, but I think that's another very viable way to do it. That's not a bad idea. And I think then, um, you know, we'd, we'd be saving money and making money at the same time. Sure. But the notion that we can't pay for this is just ridiculous. It is, actually. Yeah. Mm. Um, through VAT tax or through the legalization in, uh, of drugs and by eliminating mm. other unef- un- inefficient mm. aid programs like welfare and things like that, I think sure. we could very easily pay for it. And there'd be a lot less red tape involved. Definitely true. So yeah. I'm totally in agreement there. Good, Amen. Good. So uh, <laughs> any uh, notes or, or, or questions? Um, yeah, please feel free to contact the show. Actually, I don't know if we have a way to do that quite yet, do we? Um, actually, we'll have to work on that and yeah, maybe edit will. this part out. <laughs> no, no, we, that is something that we need to do. But. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to be able to do something like that. But Absolutely. Um, but because we're both, uh, you know, let's face it, lazy and fathers and have things to do, we're going to try to make these podcasts around 20 minutes each. So hmm. that's about it for me today. Did you have anything else? Ken? I've got nothing. Thank All you right. very much for hanging out with me and talking about it. My pleasure. Anytime. Yeah. And peace, love, and gossip. Uh, absolutely. Okay. Have a great day. Cheers, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.